Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another RFC minicast. This week I'm joined by the Grand Poobah, the Bobby the Brain Heenan of oh, that would be awesome. TFRadio.net, Mr. Brian Kilby. Mr. Brian Kilby, how are you tonight, sir? Uh, not bad. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, wow. He's, uh, he was pretty awesome. I got a chance to meet him a few months ago and I feel really, really sorry for that guy. I'm, I'm certain he's happy, but... Yeah, just he's not able to speak or anything. It's just really sad. Really, he can't speak at all now? No. Uh, he, he basically looks like uh, Roger Ebert did after he had his lower jaw removed. It's, <sighs> it, it's really sad. Because he had a, it was throat cancer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he's um, he sure, I mean, he's still plugging away at uh, conventions and stuff. So Still you got know. his gimmick table? Yeah. God bless Bobby the Brain Heat. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe in a higher power, believe in Bobby the Brain. I do. I do. I believe in Bobby the Brain Heenan. For sure. Um, Brian, I have a topic for the minicast that I've been keeping to myself. And I'm going to surprise you and the listeners at the same time. And then we're going to talk about it, hopefully, in an entertaining and interesting way. Are oh, you I, ready? I am worried because I legitimately have no idea what you're going to spring on me. So. Well, this is old man talk. Be warned, everybody. So, Brian, I uh, was inspired by the latest releases within Combiner Wars to talk to you about a part of Transformers history that has kind of a cult following. My memory on it is a little fuzzy other than like some very specific memories. Classic pretenders. No. A little bit later. Okay. It is... Also known as a low-calorie Gatorade drink, G2. Oh, man. G2. Okay, so I here's my memory of G2. And I just want to kind of like muse with you about just G2 and kind of what it's become in our minds. I can't decide if it's a cult classic or a almost forgotten piece of Transformers history that's only really known to the hardcore of the hardcores. I can't decide what it is. Anyway, okay, so my first memory of G2 was... The Devastator Constructicons commercial for G2. I had no idea it was coming out. This was in 1993, so I was 13. And so I was firmly in video game world and had left toys behind. And just out of the blue, I'm sure I was watching some kind of cartoon or something, a G2 commercial comes on, and I... I make my parents drive me to Target and I start looking huh. for the Constructicons, like right then, like that afternoon. That is my first and only like uh, memory of G2 as far as marketing goes. But apparently it worked because I went looking for Constructicons. Um, where do you remember where and when and how you learned about G2? So I, until, until I got into the internet fandom in like 97, 96, 97, mm-hmm. G2 to me was really just the cartoon. Interesting. Uh, like, yeah, like, so I'm a year older than you are. So in 93, I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I guess it was when I was a freshman, maybe in eighth grade, uh, maybe as a sophomore in, in that general period, I would get up like at six o'clock in the morning and I would watch, uh, you know, the G2 cartoon on um, my local TV affiliate. I, like for me, I had actually moved on to G.I. Joe a few years before that. So I was still really in G.I. Joe at that point. Mm. So, it, I, you know, I was looking at stuff like the what was it? The drug elimination force or whatever it was called. Wow. I don't. Yeah. Like Ninja Force. And 
um, Star Brigade and those sort of things. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I, I was really into G.I. Joe and not so much into Transformers. I vaguely remember seeing, like, maybe that turquoise Grimlock on mm-hmm. um, the shelves. And I had a vague hint that there were, um, you know, what I would what we would call now reissues or uh, mm-hmm. actually, I guess, repaints sitting on the shelves of, of, of classic characters. But I really, other than the uh, Marvel comic uh, and the cartoon, I really wasn't that aware of Transformers at that point. Interesting. So, but uh, obviously you were previously. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so the, uh, the toys and the, and that kind of stuff just didn't like grab you. Like at that point you had moved on completely, completely to GI Joe. GI Joe was also kind of in its, uh, I wouldn't say death throes, but it oh, was. God. It absolutely was. <laughs> there was that period, uh, between, uh, 94, 95 and like 97 or 98 when there were no GI Joe figures at all. Oh, for sure. Now, yeah. Late nineties for sure. Dead as a yeah. doornail. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, uh, like after like Eco Warriors and the Drug Elimination Force and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, and like GI Joe went through that whole period with the uh, radical '90s colors too. Don't you know? Don't forget that. So sure. like, I had my I had my fill of uh, the uh, early '90s style um, or the the color pa- color schemes and everything. I, I had my fill of that with GI Joe, but I really do regret not. Um, not getting into the transformer stuff until like the late nineties. So for you, it was the show and the comic. Did you read the G2 comic? I read the first issue, uh, when it came out (laughs) and I probably, I probably read the next couple, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really stand out to me. Mm. Uh, I didn't really become aware of so much the Marvel stuff. I mean, I had read a few of the comics when I was like, you know, seven or eight, but uh, I didn't really obviously get into the, um, the actual Marvel stuff until really probably 98, 99. Then mm-hmm. I, by that point I had pretty much read everything except for some of the, a few of the UK comics, mm-hmm. but yeah, but no, but you know, uh, G, but G2, um, I guess not from a, not from a perspective of actually being there, mm-hmm. but, uh, from a, I guess, nostalgia, uh, for the time at, at the very least, I, I'm a huge fan of G2, at least, um, more I, rare, I, more so the actual like uh, G one uh, revival stuff. Less mm-hmm. so the later uh, nicer things that most like laser rods and stuff that people remember fondly now. Yeah, they, yes, they uh, they certainly have found I guess kind of a footing in in lore. I guess um, probably with the help of things like Bacon and just you know fan conventions and things like that. Uh, and you know it's interesting to think that so lots of people think of G two as like only those crazy camo repaints and neon oh, no. colors. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty diverse. Like oh, by yeah, the absolutely. time it ended, it became its own thing. That's for sure. Um, well, I mean, just to talk like generally about G2, I just find it, I find it a very interesting piece of Transformers history just from a couple standpoints. One, it was like the first kind of like serious rebirth or relaunch of the, uh, of the line after a couple of years of being dormant here, at least in the States. Um, and, not only was it the first kind of return of Transformers, it was also basically a line of repaints and reissues of existing pre-existing molds, which has become certainly a tradition in Transformers. And from outsiders' point of views, I've heard more than once that it's really a weird phenomenon. Like if you're not into Transformers, the 
the volume of repaints and redecos that we as a fandom just accept is kind of viewed as strange. And it, I feel like that's where it really started with, with G2. Is it a Hasbro thing? Mm-hmm. I wonder because Hasbro is big on repaints and with G.I. Joe, with G.I. Joe and with G.I. Joe also you can uh, swap out parts. Mm-hmm. And you really can't do that with Transformers. No, you just change the paint. Yeah. But it's the same toy. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I think that G2 kind of holds um, a place in Transformers history just solely because of that, you know, from the kind of the toy angle of what it did for toys. Um, as far as like uh, kind of reskinning the G1 cartoon, so since you said you that you watched that, obviously you were just aware of like, oh, it's just the G2 cartoon again. So why did the? Uh, I mean, why did you respond to that? Uh, I, I didn't have VHS tapes of most of the episodes, and I, I still love Transformers. Like I never stopped liking Transformers. Mm-hmm. I just stopped being fanatical about Transformers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, like I guess the '98. 97, 98, pardon me, 87, 88. Uh, it was about the point where I just really moved on to G.I. Joe mm-hmm. um, and away from Transformers. Uh, and But I still liked it. When I, when I, when I pulled out like my toys, I, I still enjoyed them. I just didn't, I don't know. Um, I, G.I. Joe, I thought, was more mature because I really liked the Larry Hama comic mm. uh, at that point. And I don't know. I mean, of course, when Transformers hooked me again, it hooked me pretty major, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. I mean, you know, this is not a podcast about G.I. Joe. But, uh, yeah, I really liked the cartoon, uh, and I liked the crazy CG Cybernet Space Cube. I don't know why. It seemed like it as – a, as an early teen, I, it didn't really occur to me that it was just a cheesy gimmick mm. to, to reskin a cartoon. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean – like kids now can sit and watch the same thing a thousand times. Sure. Is it the, is it the same sort of um, mechanism at work? I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to think about, like how it translates today. You know, the other thing I was going to ask you about, and, and we can talk about it in a second, is just, you know, whether G2 was a success, a failure. What, oh, I mean, failure. What, I mean, <laughs> I mean what, what do you think? <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I think it didn't, um, it didn't live up to – Hasbro's expectations is probably impossible expectations was um, it was going up against at that time Power Rangers and a still fairly strong not what it was but still going strong enough Ninja Turtles yeah and so you know you're going up against like fresh uh, relatively fresh franchises certainly something not from the mid early 80s and um, and that's tough that's a tough marketplace not only that is in 93 you're starting to get the video game revolution the true like home console revolution was probably starting to really take and uh and that's tough that's tough on a boy's toy line one thing i never quite got why start off with the 84 uh 85 time time frame of toys why why not do some of the later versions that were more, I don't know, modern at that point. Like, why the Diaclone era stuff? I, I just, I, I still don't, I still don't get it. That's a good question. Um, because they basically start off with like a re-release of Prime, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, to their credit, the the big G two Megatron tanks, pretty, pretty well loved. Oh, yeah, you know? it's it's still it's still not it's not a bad toy. It'd be nice if it had like. Uh, like if its knees didn't lock into place to stand up straight and things like that. Yes, it's still got it's still got um, 
it's still got kind of like hints of uh, of another time, of being a little bit out of time or out of step. So, so uh, was was that the first original toy for G two? It is, right? I can't think of anything else. Um, before. yeah, I think so. Um, it, yeah, I think it has to be. Like now that we're you know so hyper aware of what, well, relatively speaking, what's going on at Hasbro. Mm -hmm. Like I wonder what, <laughs> besides obviously they couldn't use Megatron's gun mode because or gun because they didn't want kids to get shot. Uh, like, what did the design of that look like? I mean, from a from an internal perspective, I wonder did they did they say did they bring people out of the closet or out of retirement or whatever to pull it together, or they go to Takara? I mean, so it's not like Transformers weren't still being produced. I mean, mm -hmm. like you know, Japan uh, and in Europe, mm -hmm. we you know had Transformers going, but I wonder if it, thinking in terms of business, did they have to pull, create like a special project just to have this, you know, created for this line or, or what? It seems kind of like, um, it's just weird from a business perspective that they would have all of these repaints and then boom, this this one new toy for this whole line. Yeah, it was, it's almost like um, out of obligation or a gesture, like a good faith gesture to the market that, uh, you know, that, that, that it wasn't all just uh, recycled, rehashed stuff. They had to have some kind of like show of, faith maybe even internally just like they, to show uh, a show of confidence well i mean they could i mean they could have just easily gone with uh, galvatron uh even though i mean he certainly wasn't in the g2 or in the g2 cartoon mm -hmm. uh facing prime uh the um it, it would make more sense to me just to pull you know galvatron out of the out of the uh closet and then repaint that mm -hmm. it, it would have cost less so you know the thing about uh Generation two, and yes, you're right. It wasn't a success. Maybe that's a nice way of putting it. It was a success from in terms of the evolution of what it did, as far as the design of Transformers goes. We haven't gotten into the later stuff yet, but it, that was certainly a, uh, you know, a, a huge step forward after yeah. they started doing just the straight up repaint stuff. Yeah, because you got the rotor force, you got the laser rods, uh, you've got uh, cyber jets. People like the cyber I love cyber jets. jets yeah, uh, and you know that kind of like introduced a new. Um, a tier of complexity, size, and price point. It's kind of a tweener, uh, leaning on the small side. So and I still love the GoBots. The GoBots are great, and and let's not forget the um, the uh, Stealth Bomber set. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the unreleased Megatron the, and the Megatron. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like that. That has become, I would say, kind of a cult favorite, and you kind of see it here and there. Uh, um, we got a Generations version of that uh, Dreadwing, basically. Uh, what last year, two years ago, something like that. So it's still kind of out there. And then also speaking of unreleased stuff, uh, G two Stunticons and Protectobots. That's become famous uh, in the internet age. That I think everybody's quite aware of those. And we're actually getting a G two Minosaur this year, which is kind of neat. Which is awesome and crazy. Sure, I think, and I think people are kind of half expecting at some point some kind of G two Defensor. I need that G two Defensor in Combiner Wars. Um, so here's a question, Brian. Do you think someday, even if it's just a marketing gimmick, that we would ever see Generation 3 as a so, branding vehicle? No. <laughs> no. You don't think G2 had – do you think G2 is uh, – in other words, do you think G2 is basically a footnote in history and they're never going to really kind of like – I mean, what we're getting now in Combined Wars is about as mainstream a reference as you're going to get to G2. Yeah, I mean, so as a branding, no. I mean, there's. I don't think there's going to be a line called um, Generation 3. But 
um like with gi joe hmm. uh they might they might have different factions uh represented like uh the matt tracker has the mask logo on the card we might get like a G2, like, you know, like a sub brand of generations that might say, you know, G2 and one that might say Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. We might get something jokingly that might say Generation 3 that could be something crazy, like um, just a crazy repaint of Drift or something. Mm-hmm. But I just don't ever see G3 really being a thing. Yeah, I, I guess I uh, I don't see outside of maybe convention land, like you say, like Comic Con or something like that, um, <clears throat> some super uh, obscure fan uh service kind of thing uh which is kind of a shame i don't know i i kind of like g2 as um again as like something that we we have that uh, the mainstream has never heard of and has no concept that it ever happened and yet we all know that it happened um before we wrap up though i do want to talk about gi joe just a little bit because it's kind of been intertwined in our discussion especially because like it it burned out it flamed out at the same time as transformers g2 did more or less um so Hasbro back in the day, like their their idea of reviving Transformers was basically just to reintroduce it, um, hitting all the beats that worked in, before. In, in radical 90s color with rap in Indeed. CG. Indeed. Now, I'm not yeah. saying we do that with G.I. Joe. Not that part. But, I love that. Um, is that, uh, you know, I've talked about this with Don and some other guys in the, in the past, but if we were going to do like uh, G.I. Joe G2... I mean, is that the formula, or are there some mistakes in in the way G two was handled in Transformers Land? Like we were talking about, like bringing out antiquated molds and just ref, just being too literal to the past. I mean, what does GI Joe Generation Two look like to you? Isn't that basically like the GI Joe twenty fifth anniversary stuff? That God, is that ten years ago? I um, think I think maybe. I mean, you could argue it is. I mean, so basically, that was just. Effectively, I would say that's more generations. Um, mm. But like other, I mean, realistically, isn't generations basically generation three? Um. Well, you know what? Uh, I guess it depends on like your definition of yeah. G two or, or like what what are the things that make G two G two. I would say like uh, like one of the things for me that makes G two G two is again just the reuse of of what feels like ancient molds. Oh my god! And. Um, G.I. Joe 25th. Sorry. I'm sorry no. to interrupt. No. How old, how old are we? <laughs> Generation uh, G.I. Joe 25th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, debuted in 2007. Whoa. 2007. So we are a year away from uh, basically the 10th anniversary of that basically G.I. Joe quasi revival. Wow. That was a that was a massive miss fire. Shall we say? You think so? I think like I, yeah. I, I think they probably overproduced stuff. They're probably they probably uh, shot themselves in the foot by making so many toys, mm-hmm. but the toys themselves are great. Well, were there? Were, uh, remind me, how many new vehicles were there? <laughs> um, let me think. Um, Surely there were a couple. There, so, um, I'm actually thinking. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, see, that's my all right. So, uh, G2 is charming with the reuse of old molds and a lot of that charm comes from the wacky recolors uh, gi joe it seems like just as a passive viewer or witness to what they try to do with gi joe a casual witness um correct me if i'm wrong they just dig out 
the original vehicles every time, right? Uh, or more or less? More or less. Sometimes they may retool them. I think the mass device and the math de- mass device set and the weather dominator in the weather dominator set. Uh-huh. I think those were new. But yeah, for the most part, uh <laughs> I just don't know how like you get how do you expect people to get excited when you do that? I it depends on what it is. If a certain toy gets re-released, I get excited. Like anytime uh the Snowcat mold gets re-released, I get amped. Really? <laughs> I love Snowcat. Yeah. Or what about like the Sky Striker or the Rattler? Don't care. Don't care. Rattler yeah. would be nice. Uh-huh. Uh Sky Striker, uh that's that's a vehicle. It's just so large that one does it for me and I've got like four. And I feel like those are iconic um, parts of G.I. Joe, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but like you just said, there's a practical practicality to it for you. You're the hardcore fan. and uh, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore G.I. Joe fan. Uh, relatively speaking, you're at least you're an attentive fan. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go that far. Fan. And for, like, say, your, um, your five- to eight-year-old boy, <laughs> they don't even know what they're looking at no. at this point. They've never seen that, like, flying in the sky. So, you know, you've got to, like, put resources into the relaunch, I feel. Like, like you know, uh, when, when Transformers Generation 2 started, they had, they had only been out of the game for, like, two years. And, yeah, you know, uh, it, it wasn't perfect, yeah. but it wasn't that far removed from Transformers. G.I. Joe, their heyday was when G1's heyday was. They really haven't repeated that since. Really, I mean, I really it was before G one. I would say. Yeah, it's true. A couple, what two about two to three years prior. I mean, uh, yeah. There was uh, hell. Real, there was crossover, but yeah, Real American Hero started like in eighty two. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't repeated that since. And that is, frankly, nineteen eighty. I was two in nineteen eighty two. So when was when three. Yeah. yeah right. So when when that started, we don't remember. We don't count. And uh, and people our age have for sure kids that should be in the thick of being into G.I. Joe. So, you know, I, we've said it before on this show a few times that taking taking what worked from Real American Hero is the probable pathway to success, but even that, I don't know at this point. Anne had a, Anne had a good idea where he kind of viewed G.I. Joe as conceptually something that if they're going to reboot it, it just needs to be basically a superhero franchise. Like, you can't be that... You can't be that close to war uh, because of the way we view war and the way it's so real to us now. You can't, like, you can't romance it the way Real American Hero did. Like, you have to go further and basically, like, G.I. Joe in space, that kind of stuff. When, well, I mean, look look at the most popular games in America, though, stuff like Call of Duty and things like that. You don't That's think true. That, you don't think we could go that route? I absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we, I think we can. I, I think, I think... Yeah, but I, th- I think we can. I just think it's one of those things where, for some reason, and maybe this is a discussion down the road on another minicast, for some reason, Transformers, robots from space, has never stopped working. But, like, human super soldiers, uh, Conan the Barbarian, stuff like that, for some reason, doesn't work. It clearly has times where, like, we just don't buy it as a pop culture, and I don't I- understand that. I think it may be this with G.I. Joe, it may be the scale. I think that three and three quarter inch line is probably I don't know that kids are into three and three quarter inch figures. Do you think they're too small? Basically? Yeah. I mean, I love them. I love me some three and three quarter inch figures. Mm -hmm. And if I ever get my uh, kit or my figures from um, what was it? Uh, The Vitruvian hacks. If I ever get those, uh, 
what was that? Who who made those? There was a Kickstarter. We interviewed them. Boss Fight Studios. Like yes. uh, those are like a year and a half late. Uh, if I can ever oh, get my dear. hands on those, I'll be pretty happy. But yeah, three three and three quarter inch or four inch is just a a great you know size for me. It's a great size when your when your vehicles are like a huge part of the yeah. oh yeah line. Good point. If they're not. <sighs> I mean that's part. I mean that is like integral to GI Joe, right? Still, is I mean, or do you think like you would have to let that go? I think you could probably live without the vehicles. That's sad. I mean, I mean, look at look at. I mean, GI Joe and vehicles—they are like basically two sides of the same coin. Yeah. But how many other lines have so many vehicles dedicated to them? Interesting. Um. I Transformers, mean, obviously, I mean, each figure is a vehicle for the yeah, most part. Yeah. But Ninja Turtles, how many vehicles do they have? Not that many when you get down to it. Certainly not not nearly as many vehicles as they did in the original, like, late 80s line. Yeah. Like, they had tons in that line. This I mean, line, not so much. Like, Marvel, those figures don't have any vehicles, as far as I can, as far as I can tell. No, and uh, even, uh, if you even go through, like, the, uh, the girls' aisle, like, My Little Pony doesn't have vehicles and cars and wagons and things like that not nearly as much as maybe it did in the 80s i mean uh, these days the vast majority of stuff in the toy aisles is on a peg um at eye level or up there's just not a lot of space dedicated to like these big giant play sets like they used to be that's for sure and i'm okay with that i don't like uh, a friend at work i I mentioned this on our fc friend at work gave me uh, a complete beautiful mint castle ray skull Mm mm-hmm and he gave me the uh, he gave me a bunch of stuff, but he gave me the GI Joe uh, mobile command center. I forget what it's called, but the thing is so huge it just sets in a box on top of a shelf. <laughs> like like I can't do anything with it. It's just so darn big. And like I had the uh, space shuttle, not the uh, not the Defiant, but it was the uh, smaller one, whichever one it was. Hmm. Uh, and the stuff was just so big. I don't have room for that stuff. I have I have hundreds of GI Joe figures that are sitting like in a drawer. Like mm-hmm. one drawer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like all my vehicles are basically they take up way more space, way more space. I would say forty vehicles take up uh, five hundred times the space that the uh, the figures do. You know, that's one of the things that uh, for a time I would hear people kind of request or or wish that we had playsets for Transformers. That's completely like gone away. Oh yeah, we and we get those. We get those occasionally. We get them we get occasionally. Metroplex. Yeah, he counts, I suppose. Like a giant transformer counts as a playset, but you get one literally once a year at best. Now you didn't get one for like ten years before Metroplex, basically. So, um, good talk, Brian. I like musing about uh, old man stuff and GI Joe stuff. R.I.P. GI Joe. Hey, uh, real quick though, just to wrap up the GI Joe thread, and then uh, then I'll beg for your money, viewers and listeners. Um, do you think? Do you think? A G.I. Joe revival is inevitable, or do you think there's no guarantee we'll ever see G.I. Joe big-ish again? I think we'll have lots of false starts. Mm-hmm. We'll get basically like this 50th anniversary line or whatever where we get <laughs> like uh, six or seven figures. Mm-hmm. We may get new molds. Uh, somebody may be pulled off another toy line at Hasbro just to pull together, you know, like a G.I. Joe line. Mm-hmm. Or they may con- contract out to somebody like uh, Boss Fight Studios to make some, something G.I. Joe related. Mm-hmm. But if, uh, you know, not to mix our uh, metaphors, like, or it's not really mixing our metaphors, but if, uh, like, the G.I. Joe Club as we know it is um, mm. soon to be no more, I mean, that's most of the G.I. Joe figures that come out at this point. 
uh, I mean, they, it may be it may be in a dormant period for a while, like it was in the late nineties. Hmm. Interesting. I uh, I think I agree with you. I, I the because because basically, no matter who I talk to when I talk to about GI Joe, nobody really knows how to fix it. And I don't think there is an answer. I think I think when we get an answer, or when somebody presents an answer where GI Joe is all of a sudden kind of solved, it'll be something nobody's ever thought of. It'll be a pleasant surprise because it's not clear to anybody kind of what to do with it. So, and and back to the Transformers thing, I'm uh, I'm glad that we're not having to figure out how to launch G3. I'm glad that uh, Transformers is going strong. Um, Without uh, without any sign of slowing down, frankly, thanks to uh, thanks to Michael Bay at this point. Yeah, um, guys, before I go, I would just like to remind you that it's a new year, and with a new year comes resolutions, right? So we're three weeks in, give or take, and you're probably on the edge of giving up that resolution. Don't give up that resolution, especially if products on Amazon are required for you to keep that resolution. In fact. If you go to tfradio.net slash Amazon, do your Amazon shopping, you're going to fulfill our resolution to get some nickels and dimes from you without hassling you at all. All you got to do is go to, again, tfradio.net slash Amazon, do your shopping. And when you check out some nickels and dimes, a very small amount of change. Very small. Goes into Brian Kilby's pocket and he invests it, reinvests it into this fine network of Transformers and geek-related programming that you're listening to right now. And you get your protein powders, your bands, your treadmill, whatever it is that yeah, buy a is treadmill. required to, yes, please do, <laughs> buy a few. And um, you won't regret it. And you will be keeping your New Year's resolution and you will be helping us in a very small way that doesn't impact your wallet. Everybody wins. So, tfradio.net slash Amazon, do your shopping. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening to the RFC Minicast and all the other shows at tfradio.net. So, for Brian Kilby, this is John DeLuna. We will see you on the next RFC Minicast. Music provided by bensound.com.